Thank you for listening to Enable This Week. I am sure you have had a milestone birthday and said to yourself, I wish I could turn back the clock. Well, some scientists at Harvard Medical School are trying to do just that. They are reversing the aging process in retinal cells. Their goal is to restore vision. So here's the story. The information comes from a website called SciTech Daily. That's spelled S-C-I-T-E-C-H daily dot com. The headline reads, Scientists Reverse the Aging Clock, Restore Age-Related Vision Loss Through Epigenetic Reprogramming. This was uh, submitted by Harvard Medical School on December 2nd of 2020, just last month. Harvard Medical School scientists have successfully restored vision in mice by turning back the clock on aged eye cells in the retina to recapture youthful gene functions. The team's work, described today on December 2, 2020, in the journal called Nature, represents the first demonstration that it may be possible to safely reprogram complex tissues, such as nerve cells of the eye, to an earlier age. In addition to resetting the cell's aging clock, the researchers successfully reversed vision loss in animals with a condition mimicking human glaucoma, a leading cause of blindness around the world. The achievement represents the first successful attempt to reverse glaucoma-induced vision loss rather than merely stem its progression, the team said. If replicated through further studies, the approach could pave the way for therapies to promote tissue repair across various organs and reverse aging and age-related diseases in humans. Here comes a quote. Our study demonstrates that it's possible to safely reverse the age of complex tissues, such as the retina, and restore its youthful biological function. This is a quote from senior author David Sinclair, who is professor of genetics in the Blavatnik Institute at Harvard Medical School, and he's co-director of the Paul Glenn Center for Biology of Aging Research at Harvard Medical School, and he's considered to be an expert on aging. Sinclair, that's David Sinclair, and colleagues caution that findings remain to be replicated in further studies, including in different animal models, before any human experiments. Nonetheless, they add, the results offer a proof of concept and a pathway to designing treatments for a range of age-related human diseases. Here's a quote from Sinclair, if affirmed through further studies, these findings could be transformative for the care of age-related vision diseases like glaucoma and to the fields of biology and medical therapeutics for disease at large, Sinclair said. For their work, the team used an adeno-associated virus, that's abbreviated AAV, adeno-associated virus, as a vehicle to deliver into the retinas of mice three youth-restoring genes. And those three genes are called OCT4, SOX2, and KLF4. These three youth-restoring genes are normally switched on during embryonic development, the three genes, together with a fourth one, which was not used in this work, are collectively known as the Yamanaka factors. I'll spell that. Y-A-M-A-N-A-K-A. Yamanaka factors. 
The treatment had multiple beneficial effects on the eye. First, it promoted nerve regeneration following optic nerve injury in mice with damaged optic nerves. Second, it reversed vision loss in animals with a condition mimicking human glaucoma. And third, it reversed vision loss in aging animals without glaucoma. The team's approach is based on a new theory about why we age. Most cells in the body contain the same DNA molecules, but have widely diverse functions. To achieve this degree of specialization, these cells must read only genes specific to their type. This regulatory function is the purview of the epigenome, a system of turning genes on and off in specific patterns without altering the basic underlying DNA sequence of the gene. This theory postulates that changes to the epigenome over time cause cells to read the wrong genes and malfunction. This gives rise to diseases of aging. One of the most important changes to the epigenome is DNA methylation. This is a process by which methyl groups are tacked onto DNA. Patterns of DNA methylation are laid down during embryonic development to produce the various cell types. Over time, youthful patterns of DNA methylation are lost, and genes inside cells that should be switched on get turned off, and vice versa, resulting in impaired cellular function. Some of these DNA methylation changes are predictable and have been used to determine the biologic age of a cell or tissue. Yet, whether DNA methylation drives age-related changes inside cells has remained unclear. In the current study, the researchers hypothesized that if DNA methylation does indeed control aging, then erasing some of its footprints might reverse the age of cells inside living organisms and restore them to their earlier, more youthful state. Past work has achieved this feat in cells grown in laboratory dishes, but fell short of demonstrating the effect in living organisms. The new findings demonstrate that the approach could be used in animals as well. The next section of this article is titled, Overcoming an Important Hurdle. Lead study author Yuan Cheng Lu, research fellow in genetics at Harvard Medical School and a former doctoral student in Sinclair's lab, developed a gene therapy that could safely reverse the age of cells in a living animal. Lu's work, his last name is spelled L-U, Lu's work builds on the Nobel Prize winning discovery of Shinya Yamanaka, who identified the four transcription factors I mentioned three of those before. The transcription factors are OCT4, SOX2, KLF4, C-MYC. These four transcription factors by Yamanaka could erase epigenetic markers on cells and return these cells to their primitive embryonic state from which they can develop into any other type of cell. Subsequent studies, however, showed two important setbacks. First, when used in adult mice, the four Yamanaka factors could also induce tumor growth, rendering the approach unsafe. 
Secondly, the factors could reset the cellular state to the most primitive cell state and thus completely erasing a cell's identity. So Lou and colleagues circumvented these hurdles by slightly modifying the approach. They dropped the gene that's called CMYC and delivered only the remaining three Yamanaka genes. And those three, once again, are the OCT4, the SOX2, and the KLF4. The modified approach successfully reversed cellular aging without fueling tumor growth or without the cells losing their identity. The next section of the article is titled Gene Therapy Applied to Optic Nerve Regeneration. In the current study, the researchers targeted cells in the central nervous system because it is the first part of the body affected by aging. After birth, the ability of the central nervous system to regenerate declines rapidly. To test whether the regenerative capacity of young animals could be imparted to adult mice, the researchers delivered the modified three-gene combination via those AAVs, the vehicles, into retinal ganglion cells of adult mice with optic nerve injury. For this work, Liu and Sinclair partnered with Zhigang He, his last name is spelled H-E. He is a Harvard professor of neurology and of ophthalmology at Boston Children's Hospital. He studies optic nerve and spinal cord neuroregeneration. The treatment resulted in a two-fold increase in the number of surviving retinal ganglion cells after the injury and a five-fold increase in nerve regrowth. Here comes a quote from Lou. At the beginning of this project, many of our colleagues said our approach would fail or would be too dangerous to ever be used, said Lou. Our results suggest this method is safe and could potentially revolutionize the treatment of the eye and many other organs affected by aging. The last section of this article is titled Reversal of Glaucoma and Other Age-Related Vision Loss. Following the encouraging findings in mice with optic nerve injuries, the team partnered with colleagues at Shepin's Eye Research Institute at Massachusetts Eye and Ear Hospital, uh, Bruce Cassander, also at uh, the Harvard Medical School Associate Professor of Ophthalmology, and with Meredith Gregory Cassander, who's the Medical School Assistant Professor of Ophthalmology. They planned two sets of experiments, one, to test whether the three-gene cocktail could restore vision loss due to glaucoma, and another to see whether the approach could reverse vision loss stemming from normal aging. In a mouse model of glaucoma, the treatment led to increased nerve cell electrical activity and a notable increase in visual acuity as measured by the animal's ability to see moving vertical lines on a screen. Remarkably, it did so after the glaucoma-induced vision loss had already occurred. Here's a quote. Regaining visual function after the injury occurred has rarely been demonstrated by scientists, Cassander said. This new approach, which successfully reverses multiple causes of vision loss in mice without the need for a retinal transplant, represents a new treatment modality in regenerative medicine. The treatment worked similarly well in elderly 12-month-old mice with diminishing vision due to normal aging. 
Following treatment of the elderly mice, the gene expression patterns and electrical signals of the optic nerve cells were similar to young mice, and vision was restored. When the researchers analyzed molecular changes in the treated cells, they found reversed patterns of DNA methylation, and observations suggesting that DNA methylation is not a mere marker or a bystander in the aging process, but rather it's an active agent driving it. Here's a quote from Sinclair. What this tells us is the clock doesn't just represent time. It is time, said Sinclair. If you wind the hands of the clock back, time also goes backwards. The conclusion of the article, the researchers said that if their findings are confirmed in further animal work, they could initiate clinical trials within two years to test the efficacy of the approach in people with glaucoma. Thus far, the findings are encouraging, researchers said. In the current study, a one-year whole-body treatment of mice with the three-gene approach showed no negative side effects. Now this next article will bring you more details about this reversing the aging process. This was printed a few years ago. It was in the journal called Nature. Their website is www.nature.com. It was published on the 5th of September in 2019. The headline says, First Hint That a Body's Biological Age Can Be Reversed. And the subheadline says, in a small trial, drugs seem to rejuvenate the body's epigenetic clock, which tracks a person's biological age. The article was written by Allison Abbott, and this again was from September of 2019. A small clinical study in California has suggested for the first time that it might be possible to reverse the body's epigenetic clock, which measures a person's biological age. For one year, nine healthy volunteers, these are humans, took a cocktail of three common drugs, a growth hormone and two diabetes medications, and on the average shed 2.5 years of their biological ages measured by analyzing marks on a person's genomes. The participants' immune systems also showed signs of rejuvenation. The results were a surprise, even to the trial organizers, but researchers cautioned that findings are preliminary because the trial was small and did not include a control arm. Here's a quote. I'd expected to see slowing down of the clock, but not a reversal, says geneticist Steve Horvath at the University of California in Los Angeles. He conducted the epigenetic analysis. He continues by saying, it felt kind of futuristic. These findings were published on the 5th of September in a journal called Aging Cell. Another quote here, it may be that there is an effect says cell biologist Wolfgang Wagner at the University of Aachen in Germany. And he continues, but the results are not rock solid because the study is very small and not well controlled. So the next section of this article is called Marks of Life. The epigenetic clock relies on the body's epigenome, which comprises chemical modifications such as methyl groups that tag the DNA. The pattern of these tags changes during the course of life and tracks a person's biological age, which can lag behind or even exceed the chronological age. 
Scientists construct epigenetic clocks by selecting sets of DNA methylation sites across the genome. In the past few years, Horvath, who's a pioneer in epigenetic clock research, has developed some of the most accurate ones. The latest trial was designed mainly to test whether growth hormone could be used safely in humans to restore tissue in the thymus gland. The gland, which is the chest in the chest between the lungs and the breastbone, is crucial for efficient immune function. White blood cells are produced in bone marrow and then mature inside the thymus, where they become specialized T cells. These help the body to fight infections and cancers. But the gland starts to shrink after puberty and increasingly becomes clogged with fat. Evidence from animal and some human studies show that growth hormone stimulates regeneration of the thymus. But this hormone can also promote diabetes. So the trial included two widely used anti-diabetic drugs. This one's going to be hard for me to pronounce. The two drugs, these are anti-diabetic drugs. Dehydroepiandrosterone. It's abbreviated, luckily it's abbreviated D-H-E-A. And once again, dehydroepiandrosterone. And it also, the drug, the trial also included the drug metformin. This is part of the treatment cocktail. The thymus regeneration, immunorestoration, and insulin mitigation trial. That's the name of the trial. Thymus regeneration, immunorestoration, and insulin mitigation trial. It's luckily also, it's abbreviated T-R-I-I-M. This trial tested nine white men between the ages of 51 and 65. It was led by immunologist Gregory Fahey. He is the chief scientific officer and co-founder of a company named Intervene Immune, located in Los Angeles. It was approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in May of 2015. It began a few months later at Stanford Medical Center in Palo Alto, California. Fahey's fascination with the thymus goes back to 1986 when he read a study in which scientists transplanted growth hormone secreting cells into rats, apparently rejuvenating their immune systems. He was surprised that no one seemed to have followed up on the result with a clinical trial. A decade later, at the age of 46, he treated himself for a month with the growth hormone and DHEA and found some regeneration of his own thymus. In the TRIM trial, that's T-R-I-M-M, the TRIM trial, the scientists took blood samples from participants during the treatment period. Tests showed that blood cell count was rejuvenated in each of the participants. The researchers also used magnetic resonance imaging, MRIs, to determine the composition of the thymus at the start and the end of the study. They found that in seven participants, accumulated fat had been replaced with regenerated thymus tissue. The last section of this article is titled, Rewinding the Clock. Checking the effects of the drugs on the participants' epigenetic clocks was an afterthought. The clinical trial had finished when Fahey approached Horvath to conduct an analysis. 
Horvath used four different epigenetic clocks to assess each patient's biological age, and he found significant reversal for each trial participant in all of the tests. Here's a quote. This told me that the biological effect of the treatment was robust, he says. What's more, the effect persisted in the six participants who provided a final blood sample six months after stopping the trial, he says. And Horvath says, because we could follow the changes within each individual and because the effect was so very strong in each of them, I am very optimistic. Researchers are already testing metformin for its potential to protect against the common age-related diseases, such as cancer and heart disease. Fahey says that the three drugs in the cocktail might contribute separately to the effect on biological aging through unique mechanisms. Intervene Immune, which is the name of that company out in Los Angeles, Intervene Immune is planning a larger study that will include people of different age groups and ethnicities and will also include women. Regenerating the thymus could be useful in people who have underactive immune systems, including older people, he says. Pneumonia and other infectious diseases are major causes of death in people older than 70. Cancer immunologist Sam Palmer at the Harriet Wyatt University in Edinburgh, Scotland, says that it is exciting to see the expansion of immune cells in the blood. This, he says, has huge implications, not just for infectious disease, but also for cancer and aging in general. Well, now we have an article which of tells you about the top age-related eye problems. This comes from aarp.org. The article was written by Barbara Stepko in September of 2020. The introduction to the article says, eye issues are a common, even inevitable part of the aging process. Some conditions are merely annoying, while others are diseases that can lead to permanent vision loss if left untreated. The key, early detection. Make time for regular eye exams and look out for these age-related eye problems. Number one that they mention is glaucoma. One of the leading causes of blindness in people over 60, glaucoma usually is the result of fluid not draining properly, leading to a buildup of pressure that can damage the optic nerve. Painless and stealthy, it's sometimes referred to as the silent thief of sight, it often affects both eyes, though usually not at the same time, and can cause a significant loss of peripheral vision, and with no intervention, total blindness. Regular eye exams are critical, since blindness can be prevented with early treatment. That was glaucoma. The second one of the age-related, top age-related eye problems is macular degeneration. Another leading cause of vision loss, macular degeneration, affects more than 10 million Americans. This disease damages the macula at the center of the retina, responsible for our straight-ahead vision and most of our color vision. As this disease progresses, it can cause blurred or wavy vision and eventually central vision loss. There is no known cure, but there are ways to lower your risk and possibly slow down this disease's progression, including maintaining a healthy diet, exercising, not smoking, and protecting your eyes from harmful UV rays. 
The next of the top age-related eye problems, as reported by AARP, cataracts. The results of proteins in the lens being beginning to break down as we age, cataracts have caused blurred or cloudy vision. You are at higher risk if you are white. By the age of 80, 70% of white people have cataracts, compared to 50% of blacks, according to the National Institutes of Health. So you're at higher risk if you have diabetes or spent lots of time in the sun over the years, or if you use certain medications such as corticosteroids. When cataracts interfere with everyday activities, your eye doctor may recommend surgery, trading the clouded lens for an artificial one. That was cataracts. The next top age-related eye problem would be diabetic retinopathy. A condition found in those with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, diabetic retinopathy occurs when excess glucose damages the blood vessels in the retina. These damaged blood vessels can swell and leak blood and other fluids into the retina, causing cloudy vision and sometimes floaters or blurriness. Over time, symptoms increase in severity, and you may experience dark spots or empty areas in your vision, or even vision loss. Keeping your diabetes under control is the best way to preserve your sight and prevent diabetic retinopathy. The next one, also a retina concern, this is a detached retina. This condition occurs when the retina separates from its underlying support at the back of the eye. As you get older, the vitreous, which is the gel-like fluid in the center of the eye, undergoes a change in texture and shrinks. Sometimes this leads to the retina becoming detached. It isn't painful, but the longer retina detachment goes untreated, the greater your risk of permanent vision loss in the eye. If you notice warning signs, such as the sudden appearance of many floaters or flashes or diminished vision or the sensation of a shadowy curtain lowering over your eyes, you should contact your ophthalmologist right away for a possibility of detached retina. The next item they mention on the top age-related eye problems would be dry eye. After the age of 40, our tear production tends to decline. As a result, most people over the age of 65 experience some symptoms of dry eye, which can cause a stinging or burning sensation or a gritty feeling in your eyes. Sometimes, ironically, it causes watery eyes. And because of this, the dryness prompts glands to produce more tears. Over-the-counter eye drops can be helpful for mild dry eye. If symptoms are more serious, you may want to consult an ophthalmologist for special treatment. The next, a term I hadn't heard of, trichiasis. I'll spell it for you, T-R-I-C-H-I-A-S-I-S. Trichiasis is a common condition associated with aging where, because the eyelid skin loses elasticity, the eyelashes grow inward toward the eye. The lashes can rub against the cornea or the conjunctiva, which is the thin inner surface of the lids. This leads to irritation, such as redness and tearing, and light sensitivity or even corneal abrasion. Trichiasis can also develop because of an eye infection or a trauma to the eye. 
Treatment includes manually removing those pesky lashes using a forceps-like device. This is an in-office procedure to take care of trachiasis, inward-growing eyelashes. The other age-related diseases that are mentioned are quite common. Blepharitis, this strange-sounding name, is actually a very common condition where the rims of the eyelids become inflamed, and then there are floaters, those tiny specks or strings or little squiggles. They're usually harmless, caused by normal age-relating changes in the vitreous gel. And then, of course, there is the problem of eye strain, when your eyes get fatigued from overuse. And this sometimes happens when you're looking at screens like computer screens. Don't forget about the 20-20-20 rule in this case. For every 20 minutes spent looking at a screen, look away at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. Well, to summarize today's program, the research at Harvard Medical School is ongoing. There is hope that clinical trials in humans will begin in the next couple of years. Stay tuned, as they say. To end the program today, I have a quote for you to think about. If you can dream it, you can do it. And always remember that this whole thing started with a dream and a mouse. That's actually the motto from the Walt Disney Company. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.